Today on the Matt Walsh Show, bombshell video surfaces seeming to lend support to the uh, sexual assault allegations against Joe Biden. Of course, the media is not treating it like bombshell video, though. Uh, but we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the, the the allegations in general. And what I really want to do is compare the case against Joe Biden with respect to sexual assault allegations to the case against uh, Kavanaugh. And the interesting thing, of course, is that lots of people who were convinced that Kavanaugh was guilty are not at all convinced about Joe Biden. Does that make a lot of sense? We'll, we'll compare and contrast. Also, five headlines, including a police sting operation to bust a couple of, uh, of black market underground hairdressers. And in our daily cancellation, we will cancel a CNN correspondent who wrote a letter to his newborn son to inform him that the earth is being destroyed by climate change. So that, that is his welcome. His uh, sort of birthday present is this letter. But it's actually hilarious, the letter is. So we're going to, well, I'll read that, some of that to you. Um, and that's all coming up. I did want to mention at the top here, though, um, maybe you've heard the reports suggesting that North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un might be dying or is already dead or is completely alive, you know, it's or somewhere in between, I don't know. And his sister, Kim Yo-jong, is poised to take over. Now, some on the left have trumpeted North Korea's predetermined decision to unanimously vote for a woman as supreme leader, and they rightly contrast this move with the United States, which unfortunately has never been under the rule of a female despot, much to Hillary Clinton's chagrin. Seth uh, Abramson, for example, tweeted, still processing the possibility that North Korea could have its first woman leader before the United States. And you may remember that CNN has been in the Kim Yo-jong fan club for a while now, since the Winter Olympics, when they, uh, when they published an article gushing that the dictator's sister was, quote, stealing the show at the Winter Olympics. And here's the thing. Their excitement is well justified. Uh, North Korea is a shining, progressive city on a hill, putting the United States to shame in, in so many areas. So I think the media is right about this. For one thing, North Korea is far more welcoming uh, to minorities. I mean, think about this. Asians comprise only 5% of our population. Okay, They account for nearly 100% of North Korea's population. That's how dedicated they are to welcoming minorities into the fold. And here's a fact that you won't hear on Fox News. Every single position in the North Korean government is held by a non-white person. Compare that to the current occupant of the White House, who, except for the non-white people he's hired, has never hired a single non-white person. Now, more importantly, of course, uh, North Korea is a communist utopia, fulfilling Bernie Sanders' vision. Um, the country has no billionaires at all, except for the ruling family, of course. But other than that, no billionaires, um, no millionaires. Doesn't even have thousandaires. That's how committed they are to income equality. Or, you know, more like lack of income equality. I mean, if nobody has an income, then you have, ipso facto, you have income inequality, or income equality, I should say. Nor does it have, uh, in North Korea, they don't have other gratuitous luxuries, such as food, uh, electricity. And I think the lack of electricity in particular has reduced the country's carbon footprint substantially, positioning them as leaders in the Green Revolution. Uh, so I know that's something that, that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would have to admire them for. Best of all, North Korea has eradicated bigotry and discrimination by banning Christianity. I mean, we, we could only dream of these kinds of achievements. Uh, North Korea is, is truly everything we should be. And hopefully, 
everything that we one day will be. And when I look around at America today, um, especially in the last month, I see that we are well on our way. And at least for me, you know, that fills me with a, a huge amount of excitement. And I know the media uh, feels the same way. All right. Now, in other bombshell news from the weekend, a tape surfaced from Larry King in 1993, in which someone believed to be the mother of Joe Biden's sex assault accuser, Tara Reid, uh, calls in and mentions that her daughter had, quote, problems with a prominent senator. Well, first of all, let's just uh, watch the tape. Yes, hello. Um, I'm wondering what um, uh, a, a staffer uh, would do, do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press, and she chose not to do it out of respect for him. Or she had a story to tell, but out of respect for the person she worked for, she didn't tell it. That's true. Larry King has looked like an 80-year-old man for 40 years. That's one takeaway. More importantly, though, uh, Tara Reid was asked about this tape, and she said that that is her mother. It sounds like her mother. And that she also said that her mother told her back in 1993 that she had called Larry King. And, and Tara Reed says she was upset about that at the time, which, of course, you can imagine. I, I think I would be, too, if I told my mother something like that. And, and then she turns around and calls uh, a cable news show. But um, now, if going back uh, to, to what the actual allegations are, if you haven't read about it or heard about it, and if you rely on the mainstream media for your news, then you probably have not heard about it at all. But uh, Reed alleged that in 1993, when she worked for Joe Biden, uh, when he was a senator, she was assaulted by him. He pushed her up against a wall, grabbed her under her skirt. Won't go into the graphic details, but you can, um, uh, you know, that's that's the, the gist of it. Assaulted her, and then uh, when it was over, told her, according to Reed, Biden told her that uh, he she means nothing to him. And then she was shortly left let go from from the uh, from her job after that happened. That's the claim, and this is the latest piece of evidence supporting it. Now, does this uh, prove anything? Obviously not. We don't even know for sure who it is on that tape. I mean, we're told that it's her mother. We don't, we don't know that she doesn't, obviously she doesn't identify herself that way. We don't know for sure what senator she's referring to or what problem she's referring to. But um, it is circumstantial evidence supporting Reed's story. And I want you to imagine, okay, if you... Re hear that tape and you think, ah, that's no big deal. Okay, well, just imagine for a moment. Imagine if during the Kavanaugh hearings, okay, tape surfaced of Christine Ford's mom 30 years ago calling into a, a radio show or something and mentioning cryptically that her, that her uh, daughter had some trouble with boys at a party. It, imagine that. Imagine how the media would react to that. The media would, and we both know this, would treat that as total vindication of Christine Ford, total condemnation of Brett Kavanaugh, and it would be the biggest bombshell revelation of the year. We all know that. How do you think the, the media has reacted to this story? Well, they haven't really reacted much at all. Uh, in fact, do you think the media has even asked Joe Biden about any of this on camera directly? No, they haven't. And by this, I don't just mean the Larry King thing. I mean that, that Biden was accused a month ago publicly of sexual assault. He has been on TV many times in the interim rambling incoherently. 
Never once, not once, has anyone in the media even asked him about this directly. They've, they've, they've had him there asking him about a bunch of stuff, most of which we've already heard a million times about the coronavirus and the response and, Joe, and uh, Donald Trump's evil and doing a terrible job. And we, we've heard all that. Meanwhile, you've got this sexual assault allegation hanging out there, completely ignored. They don't even ask him about it. Uh, yes, they have asked his, in order to provide themselves cover, they've asked his campaign about it. They've asked for statements, and the campaign has issued statements. But that's not the same thing at all. Asking Biden himself on camera directly is an entirely different ballgame, and they haven't done that. Uh, and why haven't they done it? Because they know that they, it's Joe Biden we're talking about. And they know he's liable to say anything. They know his denial probably will not seem very convincing, whether he did it or not. So they're helping him out. They're just doing him a solid by not bringing it up. Trump's contempt for these people is again proven entirely justified. Now, um, do I think that Biden is actually guilty? Well, I don't know. Personally, from, from my perspective, I tend to be skeptical of assault claims made publicly decades after the fact at a politically opportune moment like this. I also think that as far as the court of public opinion goes on these things, when, um, when, when accusations are made so many years later and there isn't compelling evidence proving them, then we have to assume them untrue. I think that's the, the right way to go for all, you know, for all intents and purposes. Accusation is made many, many years later. There's no evidence. Uh, the timing is suspect. I think in that case, the right thing to do is to f- assume it's untrue until, until you're given reason to think otherwise. The other option is to assume the accusation is true, but then we're destroying a man's reputation based on the word of one person coming forward years later. Um, and that isn't fair. That isn't right. Of course, you could say that our approach should be to just sort of take a 50-50 type of, uh, of, uh, of view of it and say, well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But really, saying that a man is 50-50 a rapist is the same effectively as saying he is a rapist. As far as his reputation goes, it's the same. I mean, you, you probably wouldn't invite a known rapist to your house for dinner uh, with, your, with your kids and your wife, right? Well, would you invite a man who you think is 50-50 maybe a rapist? Probably not. So that's, that's exactly the point, that as far as reputation goes, it's, it's kind of the same. And that's why I've been consistent, that without very compelling evidence, we should assume innocence in these situations. Is there compelling evidence against Joe Biden? I guess that's up for each person to decide. But the point here is about the double standard. Okay, I've, I've been consistent on these kinds of things. Maybe you've been consistent. But many people in the media and on the left have not been. And so that's the point. And we'll talk more about that in just a second. But first, a word from uh, Rad Power Bikes. You know, especially when we're all holed up at home and uh, a lot of the things maybe we like to do out in public we're not able to do, uh, that's when you really need, you, you need some other form of recreation. And guess what? If you, can, if you can do it, if we're talking about recreation that involves going outdoors and being out in the sun and the fresh air, that's even better. And that's why you need Rad Power Bikes. Whether you want a new way to commute or to uh, get around the city or out in nature, even with the kids in tow, whatever it is, you've got to try Rad Power Bikes. It's a cross between a traditional bike and a moped, 
but it doesn't require a special driver's license like a moped would. That's the good part. You can go up to 20 miles per hour without pedaling, so you get out and about uh, without getting all sweaty. They're great for commuting, getting out on the trail, hauling groceries, transporting kids on the back, or just, you know, I mean, those are all the practical things you could do with it. Um, what I think is best is just, you know, just cruising, just uh, pleasure, pleasure ride. Unlike other e-bikes, they're actually affordable. Plus, to show appreciation for those that service, Rad Power Bikes is offering $100 off all e-bike purchases for active slash ex-military first responders, teachers, and students. Do you know someone who loves being active outdoors? Then tell them about Rad Power Bikes. Rad Power Bikes offers flexible financing financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now, as a limited time offer, get a free accessory with the purchase of a bike. That's right, get a free gift of up to $100 in value and free shipping to the lower 48 states. To get this special offer, text the word BIKE to 64000. That's BIKE to 64000. Text B-I-K-E to 64000. Okay. So, I think the point here is about the double standard. People on the left and the media have a very different approach from the, the approach that I'm talking about. Their approach has been believe all women, which is an insane standard an absolutely maniacal way of looking at these things. It doesn't make any sense at all, but that's their standard. That's what they've said. I don't agree with it, but I'm not them. And of course, they also all believed Christine Ford. They went around saying for months, I believe Christine Ford. You know, they, they, they believed they, they took her at her word. And so the point is, yes, if you value evidence and you believe in the presumption of innocence, then you're going to look at this Biden thing in a certain way, and you're going to have a healthy skepticism about it. But if you believed Christine Ford, then that means you don't value evidence, and you don't believe in the presumption of innocence of those accused. So as a matter of consistency, you should be approaching the Biden situation the same way, which means you should believe Tara Reid. If you want to be a person of integrity and consistency, then if you believe Christine Ford, you have to believe Tara Reid. Um, the evidence against Biden may not be conclusive, may not even be very good, but it's way, way, way better and way, way, way more compelling than the evidence against Kavanaugh. And that's mainly because there was no evidence against Kavanaugh whatsoever. There is at least some evidence against Joe Biden. May not be great evidence, but there's some evidence. So unless you are a dishonest, disgusting, disgraceful, partisan clown hack, if you believed Ford, you have to believe Reed. There is no intelligent or consistent argument for believing Ford and, and disbelieving Reed. There's plenty of consistent arguments for disbelieving both of them. Let's compare these for a moment. Christine Ford claimed that Kavanaugh tried to rape her 30 years ago at a party. Uh, she didn't remember the exact day. Month, time, year, didn't remember anything. Didn't remember how she got to the party, how she got home. And these details really mattered, um, especially like the information on how she got home, considering the way she told the story, running out of the house, traumatized, weeping. Uh, the, the, the party was, the house, the, the house, she says, was miles away from her home. Someone would have had to pick her up. And would that person remember, assuming it was a parent or something, you think they'd remember picking up their daughter when she was traumatized and crying at a party? Maybe we could talk to them. But no, she didn't remember. She didn't remember how she got home, uh, conveniently. And uh, she told nobody about it. No one corroborated any aspect of the story. No one could even corroborate that the party happened or that Ford and Kavanaugh knew each other. 
In fact, the only people who came forward came forward to say they didn't believe her. Her own best friend from high school came, came out and said she doesn't believe her. Also, Kavanaugh has no established history of mistreating women or acting inappropriately to them. The only other similar stories came out at the exact same time. One from Julia Swetnick, who is a crazy person, along with uh, Michael Avenatti, alleging that Kavanaugh was, a, was the ringleader of a rape gang, you know, a roving band of gang rapists that went around to parties uh, raping girls, and everyone in the town knew it, yet they all still went to these parties. And then uh, there was a woman who said that Kavanaugh uh, pulled his pants down at a party drunkenly in, in, uh, in college. You know, th- those were the only stories. Go over to Reed and Joe Biden. Reed remembers the incident vividly. She recounts many of the kinds of details that Ford could not remember. She told several people about the incident long before going to the media, and those people have corroborated her. Other members of Biden's staff from the 90s say they believe her. Now, they don't say that they have evidence or anything, but they just say they believe her. Um, We have this tape of Reed's mother uh, apparently mentioning that something happened. And then also, and this is important too, Biden has a known history of touching women inappropriately. Does that make him a rapist? No, not in and of itself. But when someone has a pattern of behavior of not respecting personal boundaries and treating women like objects, which Tara Reid is is by far not the only woman to come forward saying that they feel that way around Joe Biden. Got a known history. We've seen it on tape. We don't even need to rely on anybody's word for that. We've seen it ourselves. Uh, And then this accusation comes out. it, It lends it some credibility. So... Those are all lines of evidence, circumstantial, but those are lines of evidence that Christine Ford just didn't have. And once again, you can go back and just kind of imagine if any of these lines of evidence existed for uh, in the Kavanaugh situation. Imagine what the media and the left would have done with that. They were desperate for anything like this, and none of it existed. All right, um, let's move on to headlines. But before we do, a word from Legacy Box. You know, it's uh, it can be very difficult sometimes to you know, if you're if you're getting into uh, as we as we get ready for Mother's Day, um, and or if you have a birthday coming up, especially when shopping for mom can be really difficult. Um, but she'll always love pictures of you, so that's a pretty good gift. I think it also sometimes strikes me as a, maybe an egotistical gift to give a picture of yourself or your family. To, but, you know, parents love it. And that's why you need Legacy Box. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service to have all of your home movies and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. Don't let those priceless family memories disappear because that's what happens. Uh, instead, here's an idea. Mother's Day is fast approaching. What are you getting for your mom? How about memories that will never get dusty or fade away? Legacy Box helps bring new life to your old media by unlocking those trapped family memories memories and uh, putting them in a modern digital format that's very easy to use. Legacy Box, uh, it just makes it easy. You know, you're taking all that stuff that is maybe in a box and it's getting all dusty and everything and you've forgotten about it. Uh, You put it in a place that's easily accessible for you, for your mother, if you're getting it for a gift. And uh, that's what I would really recommend it for. For a limited time, Legacy Box is running a 50% off Mother's Day special. Order your Legacy Box today to take advantage of this incredible offer. This is one of the best discounts they've ever offered. Legacy Box is perfect for you or for someone you love. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Walsh and save 50% off while supplies last. 
Okay, number one, heroic police officers in Texas have, uh, thank God, saved uh, saved the public from a pair of dangerous black market hairstylists. In fact, officers ran a sting operation on these women who were discovered to be cutting hair in their own homes, which is illegal now, of course. So the cops did a sting operation. They went undercover. And I don't mean to laugh because this is serious business. They went undercover and they busted these crooks. Incredible job. I don't know about you, but I feel safer. Uh, I feel just so much safer knowing that these people are off the streets, especially as a parent. It's good to have these fugitives behind bars finally. I've always warned my kids, like, like every parent, of course, you know, it's, it, it, you feel like a broken record at times, but uh, I, I've always warned my kids about the threat of rogue hairdressers and manicurists. And I've told my kids, you know, what is it that we always say? Um, and I don't know how many times I've said it myself, but if you're walking down the road and a woman approaches you with a bottle of nail polish or hairspray, you run in the other direction as fast as you can and you scream, you are not my hairstylist. I don't know you. You are not my hairstylist. Um, so this is just something. It's, it's, as, as a parent, it's a threat we worry about. And to have the police um, putting themselves in harm, harm's way in dealing with these psychos, I think is just, is just great. So uh, I want to commend them for that. Number two, speaking of arresting dangerous people, some other fugitives from justice were apprehended on a beach in California this weekend, uh, arrested for the crime of sitting in the sand and looking at the ocean. Again, just a huge thank you to law enforcement on that one. We can't have people going around, sitting in sand, looking at water, getting unlicensed, unregulated, uh, prohibited suntans. Can't have that. I mean, think about it. You let people get haircuts. You let them get tans. Next thing you know, people are looking and feeling good. And you just can't have that, not when there's a virus going around. Why can't you have it? I have no idea. But you can't. Simple as that. Number three. Okay, I'm going to try to switch off sarcasm mode for a second at least. It's hard for me to do, but I'll, I'll try it. Uh, JCPenney, it looks like, is getting ready to go bankrupt. And this brings up an important point. Because I've seen this, this story online and some of the reaction has been, well, this, is, this isn't because of coronavirus. JCPenney was going under anyway. And that's true. And you could easily point out that JCPenney was in relatively dire straits before all of this. Amazon was killing department stores way before the virus ever existed. But what we're going to see happen, what we're already seeing happening, is all of these companies that were on hard times to begin with, are going to die. This is the nail in the coffin. This is a nail in the coffin for JCPenney. It's going to be a nail in the coffin for a lot of stores like that. So that's a whole bunch of companies going under at once. Companies with, shall we say, pre-existing conditions are going to die all at the same time. You want to talk about, you know, not flattening the curve. Um, whereas before, you know, you have JCPenney goes under. That's a, that's a hit to the economy because it's, it's a bunch of people employed who are now, now are going to lose their jobs. But in the past, the economy can absorb that. What happens when you've got all the JCPenney's in the, of the world going under all at once, along with a bunch of other businesses that were doing okay before this, but couldn't survive a month, two months, three months without revenue? Uh, that's what we're going to face. Number four, speaking of Joe Biden, as we were, were before, here he is making the case for himself and his campaign. And together, we're just getting started. This moment reminds us 
that the presidency is about true leadership, having the forethought to prepare for the worst, the backbone to lead through chaos, the character to move beyond politics and serve every American, no matter where they live or what they believe. Only one candidate in this election has all three. My husband, our next president of the United States, Joe Biden. Actually, sorry, he's not making the case for himself there because I don't think he can string together that many words coherently at this point, but his wife is speaking for him. So he's standing there awkwardly, frowning actually, uh, openly frowning while his wife is talking about him. What I liked about that though, that was a relatable moment because I think people are getting on Joe Biden's case for this, but I think every man can relate, right? It's like when you're out shopping with your wife. I mean, prior to Corona, you're out shopping with your wife and she runs into somebody she knows. And now you're standing there as the hours and days go by while your wife talks and you have that same expression. You're just waiting for it to be over. And then when it sounds like she's finally wrapping up, that's when the, as for Joe Biden, that's when the smile returns to the face. So I can relate to that at least. Number five, and here's the latest protest people are freaking out about, very worried about this protest that happened in California. Look at the footage. Once again, you've got people outside, in the sun, in the heat. There's, there's been no data to suggest that those people are at any kind of significant risk for, for spreading or contracting the virus. So I see no problem at all with, with what they were doing. It's, it's perfectly fine. They're standing up for their rights and they're doing it in a, in a safe and reasonable way. Good for them. Awesome. Okay, I've been looking forward to this. Let's let's get on to it. This is our daily cancellation. I have to cancel this guy, Bill Ware, chief climate correspondent for CNN. So he corresponds about the climate. That's his job, important job. And but he's canceled, uh, unfortunately. Uh, even though I kind of love this, what I'm about to read to you, I kind of love it. It's hilarious, unintentionally hilarious, and unintentionally great. But it's still pretty great. So Bill Ware just had a baby. Uh, congratulations on that to Bill. And he wrote a letter to his newborn son published on CNN.com. The letter is called To My Son, Born in the Time of Coronavirus and Climate Change. And here's the accompanying photo, which is important context. I think you need to see this photo to, to understand what we're about to get into here. Okay, so you know. There's Bill, shirtless, his baby snuggled up against his bosom. He's got his eyes closed and is, is smiling. Um, now, the thing about that photo I don't mean to make too big a deal of it or, or to get on Bill's case here. In fact, well, I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes getting on his case. But still, uh, you know, he's, he's got his eyes closed and he's, you know, and, and he's smiling with his head tilted back. He's, I guess he's trying to capture the maternal glow coming from radiating from himself. But you think is he had to pose for that photo. He's not actually sleeping there. He's no one sleeps smiling like that. So he had to say, I guess, to his wife. Hey, get a get a get a get a picture of this. I'm gonna pretend I'm sleeping and smiling serenely, and get a picture. I'm gonna put it. I need it for my article. Okay, let's uh, let's so let's go to the article, the letter rather. 
which I'm sure the child has already read and appreciated. Okay, it says, My dearest river, against all odds, you were conceived in a lighthouse, born during a pandemic, and will we'll taste just enough of life as we knew it to resent us when it's gone. Okay, I'm sorry, I got to stop here just for a second. First of all, the fact that the kid's name is River is perfect. It's exactly what you would expect. You know, you were expecting River, maybe Colton or Axel or Jackson or something. You were expecting something in that realm, and you got it, so that's great. And then what he says, against all odds, you were conceived in a lighthouse. What does that mean? I mean, first of all, why were you having sex in a lighthouse? I assume Bill Ware and his wife are not lighthouse keepers. So what, was this like a, a tourist thing where you're touring an old lighthouse and then you decided to sneak off somewhere and do the deed? And okay, if you did that, why is it against all odds though? Is there something, are you less likely to conceive in a lighthouse? Is there some sort of scientific reason why you're less likely to conceive in a lighthouse than anywhere else? I don't understand that sentence. Against all odds, you are conceived in a lighthouse. Anyway, we have to move on or it's going to take forever. Um, he says, uh, back to the letter, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we broke your sea and your sky and we shortened the wings of the nightingale. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, kid, the kid's going to be super pissed at us when he finds out that the wings of a nightingale are shorter. The first, times he, the first time he sees a nightingale, he's going to say, hey, dad, why are its wings so short? What did you do? I'm sorry that the Great Barrier Reef is no longer great, that we value Amazon more than the Amazon, and that the waterfront neighborhood where you burble in my arms could be condemned by rising seas before you're old enough for a mortgage. The scent of your downy crown makes my heart explode. The curl in your tic-tac-toes fills me with enough love to power New York City. This is a, this is a grown man writing this, by the way, just to let you know, just to remind you. Okay. Instead. The milk in your bottle was warmed by dirty, ancient fuels. And as a result, you will learn to walk on a planet that has never been this hot for humans. We are just now wrestling with the implications of this. But as your pop, the most poignant evidence was seeing your mother give you your first kiss through a P-100 mask that smelled faintly of smoke. I'm sorry, my boy, but we were warned. See, for decades, scientists told us that if we weren't careful... Humans would unleash an invisible enemy out of the jungle and into our lungs. But that was a story few wanted to believe. Actually, it was out of a lab and into our lungs. But anyway, so we kept cutting down jungles and prairies and mangroves in the last few of the places, in the last few places where the wild things are, to pave and plow, develop and devour everything inside. And as you get older, this will be hard to understand, but we were under the spell of Genesis 128 to take dominion over every living thing. We had the strange urge to carve straight lines out of nature's curves, and we're under the spell of a uniquely human force called profit motive. When we finally realized that the worried scientists were right, people got scared and went searching for potions and protections. They emptied store shelves even faster than the jungles, and all the invisible enemy masks were gone just in time for your birth. Your mom and I were so scared that I was about to swallow hard and pay a faceless, soulless internet profiteer $600 for a 50-cent N95 when I remembered the mask I used to protect my lungs from a fiery place called California, it might have saved your mom from the virus, so I will keep it next to my hurricane waders, malaria pills, and the bulletproof vest with the patch that reads, press. Climate corresponding is a risky business, by the way, so he needs a bulletproof vest. Bullets are flying all over the place, you know, when he's reporting on the weather, I'm sure. 
Um, okay. So then it goes on. It's a very long letter. Um, it goes on from there. Uh, it starts to get... It starts to get pretty... It starts to get pretty, uh, pretty dark. And if we do nothing, it will mean the end of predictable growing seasons, flight schedules and supply chains, resource wars, and tens of millions of climate refugees changing everything we know about borders, neighbors, and strangers. In either scenario, will bring about both the absolute best and worst in human nature. Hero first responders, innovators, and leaders, as well as mendacious grifters, conspiracy theorists, and tyrants. Uh, then he goes through a bunch of other horrible stuff, mentions Greta Thunberg at a certain point. Then we get finally to the end, and it says, The lighthouse keeper is vigilant and dependable with a reverence for nature's power and a commitment to saving lives. This is your destiny, my beautiful river. The great thing about stories is that they are always under revision. Now go. Write a happy ending. Okay. A couple of things here. First of all, Obviously, linking climate change to the virus is gratuitous nonsense, uh, especially when the evidence is pointing to this being constructed or, or this, this being a, a, a virus, uh, constructed probably isn't the right word, um, built out of Legos or something. No, it's a virus that came out of a Chinese lab. And, and also, plagues and diseases have ravaged mankind since the beginning. So there is no reason at all to think that any of this has anything to do with the SUV you're driving. Second... If you ever, as a man, find yourself writing a phrase like the curl of your tic-tac-toes, um, you need to stop immediately and reassess everything about your life. And third, this all strikes me as maybe a bit much to foist on a child as soon as they're born. You know, saying, hey, kid, welcome to the world. By the way, the rainforests are dying. The earth is ravaged. We're all going to drown. And it might have been better if you were never born. Anywho, great to have you with us. Just relax, Bill. All right, that's all I'm saying. Turn it down a few notches. Your kid was just born. What kind of person looks at their newborn and immediately starts thinking about polar bears dying of heat stroke? So take it easy. Okay, that's it. You're canceled for your own good. So take some time, just relax, and uh, everything will be okay. Congratulations, though. Congratulations, you're canceled. And uh, I think we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Have a great day, everybody. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.